Hey, Explorers, welcome to episode 118 of the TDR Now podcast, the first English-speaking podcast focusing on the Disney parks in Asia, including Tokyo Disney Resort, Hong Kong Disneyland, and Shanghai Disneyland. And we're coming to you directly from Japan. You can find all our planning guides on our website, tdrexplorer.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at tdrexplorer, and also on Facebook, facebook.com slash tdrexplorer. Now, today for this episode, we're doing it a little bit differently uh, due to some scheduling issues. Trish could not be here today. We were planning on talking about the big news or report or rumor, whatever you want to call it, that came out a few days ago regarding a third park at Tokyo Disney Resort called Tokyo Disney Sky. So... Of course, I want to talk with Trish all about it. So we're not going to talk about it this episode. It will be in the next one because I know both Trish and I have a lot of opinions and thoughts about this seemingly crazy news that just came out. So Trish will be back in the next episode. So it's just you and I for this episode. But before we begin, I just want to give a shout out to all our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so, so much for contributing to our Patreon. We cannot do this without you. So thank you so, so much. And we are currently looking at tweaking some of the rewards for Patreon um, so we can give you even more. So keep an eye out for that. We're hoping to get that done sometime this month. So if you're on Patreon, you will see it on our Patreon site, patreon.com slash TDR now. So we do have some exciting things coming. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. And we are going to be recording our bonus episode for February very shortly too. So keep an eye out for that. If you are pledging the $15 or more, you do get access to our bonus episodes. And not only do you get access to our newest bonus episodes, you get access to all the previous ones as well. So we do have a back catalog of bonus episodes. So if you're curious, go check out patreon.com slash TDR now and make a pledge. And all of that helps keep the show running. All right. So since it's just me today, we're going to be talking about, well, not we, it's just me here. I'm going to take you through one of our, my new articles that I put out on the website which are practical tips for traveling to Japan. Now, this article took me a little longer than I wanted to to write, but I wanted to make sure I had had it just right. And I, I, went, I went through a lot of rewrites, a lot of editing, um, but it just came out, of uh, I think, last week, a week or two ago. And it's been getting a lot of good reception. I'm very happy with it. Uh, a lot of people find these tips very practical. Um, I had to really think about some of them because there's a lot of stuff after living here for uh, a few years now. Some of the stuff I do tend to forget. I'll admit that if you're traveling here for the first time, uh, you may not know some of these things that Japan does a little bit differently. <laughs> so I do take that for granted. Sometimes I can fully admit that. So um, I had some people point out some stuff to me and say, hey, Chris, you need to talk about this because, you know, not everyone knows about that. And yeah, good point. <laughs> so that's basically what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, if you want to 
go onto the website. It's on there. It's going to be on the front page. Uh, or you can just go to uh, tdrexplorer.com slash practical dash tips dash Japan. And that'll take you right to the article. Got a whole bunch of stuff in there. There's, uh, there's about 50, 50 in total. Yeah. Or sorry, there's just over 50. There's over. There's quite a bit in here. There's quite a bit in, in, in here. So um, I've made a lot of mistakes. I fumbled through situations and I've even, you know, been in some embarrassing situations because, you know, I didn't know how things worked or I didn't know how to say something or, you know, just just life, just life in general. <laughs> like the one time um, I, I, I ordered practically a live fish f- for dinner <laughs> Um we were at this sushi restaurant and um, we got, you know, we wanted some some sushi, some, you know, f- nice fresh um, sashimi, tuna, all that stuff. And I saw this one and I can't remember the name of the dish exactly, but I remember I couldn't really, like I understood some of, like some of what it was on the menu, but I didn't fully understand it. Like there was a couple of the Chinese characters, which I didn't know, which those were the key ones to know, but I ordered it and the fish came and it was sashimi, but, um, they cut it in such a way that the fish was, um, still alive as the, you know, pieces of sashimi were sitting on top of it. And that really, you know, freaked me out just a little bit. So, yeah, I have plenty, plenty of stories like stuff like that um, living here. I can go on forever about that, but, you know, we'll save that for another time. Maybe a bonus episode or something. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so all these practical tips, I have these with the first time traveler in mind. Uh, so if you've been to Japan before or done any prior research, a lot of these you may have read or come across already. So. Um, I want to include them because I do think they're important to know. Um, and you know, just for, you know, just to be complete in such, in, in such a way. And mind you, these tips aren't, you know, this isn't, this isn't comprehensive. This, this isn't going to be absolutely everything. There's going to be stuff I've missed. And even going through this list right now, I can think of, you know, 20 other things to add to this list, but I didn't want to add, so many things that it's just overwhelming and you don't end up enjoying yourself because you're just worrying about all these tips. So I just, I, I tried to pick the best ones that would make the most sense and just make life easier. That is the whole point. The whole goal is just to make your life easier, less stressful and learn from my mistakes <laughs> because I've made a lot of them still do still to this day. I do make mistakes. Um, one thing I can recommend, I know some like some people like these, some people don't. It just kind of depends, but I quite enjoy them. Are the Lonely Planet guides? Um, I like the ones for Tokyo, Kyoto, and Osaka, and also Japan as a whole. Now I don't follow these like to a T. I don't read them front like front to back or anything like that. It's good for just you know getting the basics down, in my opinion, because. With the, the printed guides like this, I find a lot of this stuff gets outdated or things are missed because things in Japan change so much. 
Um, so like very specific recommendations and stuff in these books do get dated, but I find that some of the tips that they give in it are very sound and don't change all that much. So I kind of, that's why I like the Lonely Planet guys, because they're very, they're, they're practical. They're a little dry. I'll admit they're, they're a little dry, but again, practical. And that's what, that's what I'm kind of going for here. So I, I do recommend that. Um, I do have links in the guide to go buy those guides if you like. And if you buy through those links, it does help the website too. So I do appreciate if you go and do that. All right. So before your trip, here are some tips before your trip to Japan. So these are things that you should either buy ahead of time or just plan in advance. Um, a SIM card or Wi-Fi device to save yourself the hassle of relying on free Wi-Fi. Now, a lot. This is something that does uh, surprise a lot of people. Is Japan is a very technologically advanced country, but Wi-Fi is still hit or miss. It, it's it's really odd. Um, it's been getting better over the years. Places like Starbucks, McDonald's, Seven Eleven do offer free Wi-Fi, and you, you can find these pretty much anywhere, right? But for myself, I don't like relying on free Wi-Fi. I just don't care for that. That's just me personally. Some people that might be totally fine, which is totally cool, but I'm sure there's a lot of us out there that don't want to do that. So there is a SIM card that I do highly recommend. Again, it's it's in the practical tips article, so I won't go into too much detail, but there's a link in there and it's unlimited data. Go and check that out. Or if you're if you're more on the budget side, there's also um, a cheaper Wi-Fi device, and this is perfect for people who also don't have a unlocked phone. Because with a SIM card, you do need to have an unlocked phone to use it. So the Wi-Fi device, you can connect multiple multiple devices. So like, let's say you're a family of four, you can connect everybody onto this one device and save a lot of money. Uh, travel insurance, this is kind of a you know essential. Uh, and this isn't just for Japan, this is for travel in general. So if you're traveling to China, Hong Kong, get travel insurance of some kind. Um, a lot of people get it through their credit card or other things. Um, my personal recommendation is World Nomads. I use them and I do recommend them. Uh, the JR Rail Pass, you have to buy that in advance. And that's if you're planning to do extensive travel within Japan, especially on the bullet trains. Now, this pass lets you use the trains unlimited for a period of time. They have different uh, lengths. There's like the seven day one, a 14 day one. I believe there's a one that's even longer. Um, so if you want to do that, you have to buy it in advance. You can buy it in Japan, but it's much more expensive. So you, you're better off buying it in well in advance and having it shipped to you. And of course, getting a travel USB hub uh, that works with the Japanese outlets because Japanese outlets have the two prong. So make sure you get that um, so you can plug in multiple devices because, you know, if you're traveling with more than one person or one other person, chances are everyone's going to have a smartphone or a device of some sort that needs to be plugged in. And a lot of hotels may not have USB ports like in the in the walls. Some do, but a lot of them don't. So you want a hub so you can plug in everything and not have to worry about unable to charge devices. And always get an external battery. External batteries just to keep your stuff going. And especially if you have a Wi-Fi device, you'll probably drain the battery pretty quick. So having an external battery really does help to keep that going. And a travel adapter, um, especially if you're taking a laptop with you, uh, a lot of uh, adapt like plugins are going to be 
well, I guess it kind of depends on which country you're coming from, but some are going to be like the three prong and all that. And Japan is a two prong outlet. So you're going to need a travel adapter. Comfortable, easy to slip on and off shoes, walking shoes. Reason for this is some temples and restaurants ask you to take your shoes off. So being able to take your shoes off easily makes life easier. Trust me, you don't want to be untying your like knee-high boots every time you want to go into a temple or a restaurant or something like that. Um, so yeah, make sure you have comfortable walking shoes that you can take off very easily. And then, of course, dress appropriately for the winter. Uh, I won't go into too many details, but for the winter, layers. Layers are your friend. In the train, on the trains, and in the buildings, they can they turn up the heat a lot. Um, even for me, like I find it's way too hot. So being able to take off a couple layers is nice. And then when you're outside, it's usually the wind that gets you. So being able to layer it on is nice. And then breathable clothes in the summer. Do not wear heavy cotton t-shirts. You'll thank me. Trust me. And always wear the Uniglow undershirts. So either the airisms in the summer helps keep you dry and also keeps you nice and cool. And also the heat techs in the winter, which holds your body heat, which I swear by. I wear them all the time. So if you live in a place that has a Uniglow in your area, make sure you go there and pick some up before your trip. Seriously. Whew. There's a lot. There's a lot of tips here. I'm just going to, I'm kind of going through like the, the, the bigger the more the more important ones here and uh, again all on the website so don't worry if you miss anything um as mentioned japan is the the is the two prong wall outlets and the voltage is 100 volts so if you need something that doesn't use 100 volts you're, you're going to need a travel adapter which i've already mentioned so there you go um the word for toilet in Japanese is the same in Japanese. Or wait, the word for toilet is the same in Japanese as it is in English. So you, if you just say toilet, most people are going to understand what you mean. Um, and how to pronounce it in Japanese is toire. So it, it, it's close enough. Most people understand what you mean when you say toilet. Um, speaking of toilets, if you're offered free tissues on the street, take them. Because some toilets may not have toilet paper. And usually these are just like advertisements. Um, so you may not get it all the time because depending on what the advertisement is, it might be advertising to a certain demographic or whatever. So you may see them, but they may not give it to you because, you know, you're not the, the target audience. But you, you can always ask them if you want. They'll probably give it to you anyway. Um, so, so places like temples, shrines, and public washrooms in the parks usually don't have toilet paper or they're not replaced enough. So... Keep that in mind. You don't want to be caught without toilet paper at a, a toilet. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me on that one. <laughs> if anything, if there's if there's anything you take away from that, from this, is always take the free tissues. Always. And also, pu some public toilets may not have soap. It's just how it is. And most of them only use cold water. So carry hand sanitizer with you. Um, and also carry a small towel. With you, uh, you can get them at any convenience store, really, or a 100 yen store like Daiso, because some public toilets may not even have a hand dryer either. So you don't want to be have cold, wet hands, because that's not fun. Um, and then there's the Japanese washlets. I, I do have uh, all the all the hotel videos that I've been doing for Tokyo Disney Resort and other hotels. 
Um, I do have videos on how to use these washlets with translations and stuff. So if you go again into the practical practical guides, I do have a whole, uh, I have a link there to one of the videos and you can watch all that, um, just how to, how to use it. Uh, make sure you carry your passport with you at all times. Uh, this is kind of true for pretty much any country you travel to, but especially in Japan. Um, because if you get stopped by the police, you're going to have to prove that you're legally in the country. So if you're caught without your passport, it's not going to be fun. I've heard of people that couldn't, that forgot their passport in the hotel or whatever, and they were taken to the police station, and it's just a whole headache. And most times, police officers do not speak English, so it's just a stress you do not need. And carrying your passport is very safe in this country. Um, funny story, I lost my passport here, and it was turned into the police, and I picked it up, and all was good in the world. It was actually when I was um, getting my visa for China, and I went to 7-Eleven to photocopy my passport and I was photocopying a bunch of other documents that the Chinese embassy needed and you know what I did I left my passport in the photocopier and you know what I didn't even realize I did it until the next day when I went back to that 7-Eleven because it was in my neighborhood and the woman asked me if I was Chris which I thought was very odd um, and I said yes that's me this is all in Japanese and she said, oh, we found your passport. It was in the photocopier, so we turned it into the police. So you're going to have to call them to go pick it up. And when she told me that I forgot it, my heart sank because I thought, oh, my goodness, I left my passport and I didn't even realize it. <laughs> oh. But I got it back. All was good in the world. And the the police were very nice about it. And they're even joking with me, telling me to never leave it in a photocopier ever again, which I haven't done since. Hopefully never again. Um, trash cans. This is one that uh, kind of surprises people. Trash cans are scarce, but you'll find them at convenience stores, train stations, and parks and inside malls. Um, so they're not just out on the street, really. Um, so that that kind of throws people for a loop a little bit. So make sure you keep everything in a plastic bag. And then when you get to like a nearest convenience store or a mall or something, then you can throw it away there. So just keep that in mind. Don't litter. I know I I know I I don't need to say that, but I'm just saying it anyway. Um, it's just you know a good thing to not do. Don't litter. Um, speaking of convenience stores, anything you need, always go to the convenience store. The convenience stores are convenient in this country. Seven Eleven, Lost, and Family Mart are the most well known ones. You can get everything. You can get hot food, fresh food. You can get, you know, of course, you can get the chips and the pop. You can buy alcohol. You can buy wine. You can buy desserts. You can buy hygiene products. You can buy energy drinks, magazines. You can even pay for bills if you live here. Uh, there's like an endless number of things you could do at 7-Eleven, Lost and Family Mart. And most of them do have ATMs that you can pull out money from overseas bank accounts uh, if you have uh, your uh, debit card, bank card, whatever, you can probably use it at one of these ATMs. Just double check with your bank. Um, make sure you have any important addresses printed out in Japanese and in English. Um, this is mostly for like hotels or any place of importance that you need to go. Um, 
a lot of taxi drivers may not know jet or may not know may not know English uh, very well. So it's always good to have it in Japanese um, or in case you get lost. Um, it's always it, it's always a good idea to have your critical information in both English and Japanese. A lot of the major tourist destinations, um, you should visit them on the weekdays. Why? Because on the weekends, they're going to be busy. Uh, it's going to be full of locals, but also tourists as well. So weekdays is always better to do it and always avoid Japanese public holidays too. Um, but then what do, what do you do on weekends? Well, take a, take a day trip to the countryside or other lesser known areas in Japan because uh, a lot of people you know are not going to be doing that. So go and do that. Uh, Daiso and Don Quixote. And Don Quixote is usually referred to as Donkey. That's pretty easy to remember. Um, they're excellent shops for cheap souvenirs and snacks. And Don Quixote actually carries the infamous Kit Kats, all the different flavors. Um, let's move on to money. Uh, so money, money, money. Should you get money, pull out money before you come to Japan? Um, yeah, why not? It's always good to have some money on, on you before you even get here. Um, at both airports, there, there's also ATMs too. So if you know your card does work for sure, you can just wait until you get to Japan and just pull out money from the ATM. It's no problem. Uh, with the ATMs, you don't, like, there's no extra charge. Um, just because, you know, when you exchange money, there's usually a charge. But not with the ATMs. It's just done with the exchange rate. And depending on if your bank has any fees or anything like that. Um, there's no tipping in Japan. You don't have to worry about tipping at all. Don't do it. Um, it just causes issues if you do try to do it. Uh, just because you don't tip here. So just don't do it. Um, higher end restaurants and hotels may add a service fee to your bill. It's usually 10%. Uh, that's just added automatically to your bill. So you don't really have to calculate anything. It's all there for you. As for carrying cash, I think about 10,000 yen, which is about a hundred dollars is enough for most people per day. Um, always carry cash because cash is king in Japan. Credit cards aren't always accepted everywhere. Remember what I was saying that while Japan is technolo technologically advanced, there's some things they're just not caught up on or just don't do. Credit cards is one of those things. They are accepted in, in, at a lot of places like major department stores and things like that do accept them for like large purchases. But if you're going to like a small little shop or a street vendor, they're not going to take credit cards. So it's going to be cash only. Uh, the major credit cards like MasterCard, Visa, American Express are usually accepted. It's usually not an issue. If you're ever unsure at the shop that you're at, you can always ask or just look for little signs. They'll have signs everywhere. Another place to pull out money besides the ATMs at the convenience stores are the Japan post offices, which is a, you know, a little strange. But yeah, if you find the nearest post office, they will have ATMs that you can pull out money from overseas bank accounts with your card. Just keep in mind that these ATMs do have limited hours, which I know is very odd. But these ATMs do close, so keep that in mind. So they're usually not open overnight. For shopping, some of the shops in Japan are tax-free for temporary visitors, so meaning you have to have a, a tourist visa in your passport. If you spend, it's usually about 5,000 yen or more, 
in a single transaction. Um, and every shop does it differently. Sometimes they process it right at the counter that you pay at, or they have a different counter you got to go to, or you got to go to a different floor. It really depends on the store that you're at. So if you're ever unsure, just ask. Um, and usually the people at these tax-free counters speak multiple languages. Um, so they'll usually have someone who speaks English that can explain all that for you. So not an issue whatsoever. With money, of course, you always want to put you always put the money or credit card in a small money dish. Normally, you don't hand it directly to the cashier. You, there's usually a little money dish that you put everything in. So you put your money in there, and then the cashier will take it. And then usually they'll put the change back with the receipt into the money dish, and you take it from there. If there is no money dish, then giving it to them directly in their hand is totally fine. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And normally with uh, when you're given change back... Uh, you are given the bills first, which will be counted out to you, usually a couple times just to double check everything. And then you'll be handed your receipt with the change on top of it. I know it's, it's, it sounds a little strange, but it's just one of those things. <laughs> um, as for transportation, this is one thing I know that uh, gives people a lot of stress especially if you look at the train maps for Tokyo, um, it does look very intimidating. The best advice I can give is download the Google Maps app. Most of you probably already have it on your phone, so make sure you have that. I think that is probably the easiest one to use. I've used other ones. And I don't think they're very good. Just use Google Maps. It's, it's simple, and most people are going to have it anyway, so there's no point in getting another app. Just get Google Maps, so super easy. Um if you're ever unsure with the uh, taking transportation, you can always ask the staff members at the um, at the ticket gates. They'll be more than happy to help you. Even if they don't speak English, they'll be more than happy to help. It's really, really a non-issue, to be quite honest. Um, there's also there's a website you can use called Hyperdia, H-Y-P-E-R-I-D-A. And this has excellent routing for different uh, train lines. So if you're traveling on the bullet train or any other type of train or or even a bus, it'll give you all the schedule information there. So if you want to plan well in advance, you can do that just to kind of get an idea when things are running. Um, one of the best advices, advices <laughs> the best advice I can give for transportation is get yourself a Suica or a Passmo card, which are usually, which are referred to as IC cards. And what these are, these are cards that you can buy at the train ticket machines, and it's essentially electronic money. And you can use this to pay for the trains, and you can even use it to pay for stuff at the convenience stores, or even use it at the vending machines. And why I tell you to use it for the trains is you don't have to calculate the fare. It does it all for you, so you don't even have, you, you don't have to buy a ticket, you just tap in, tap off, and it calculates that all for you otherwise you do have to buy tickets from the machine and it's just a pain locals don't really buy train tickets they just have this ic card because it's so much easier just do that save yourself the hassle trust me um you can put your suica card onto your iphone if it's compatible um so if you just uh google apple pay in japan um there's a full like official article from apple explain how to do that so i won't bother going into that but 
you can put a Suica card onto your phone and you can tap onto the trains with your phone if you, if you like. And you can also set it up to automatically charge through Apple Pay too. And to charge your uh, your Suica card or Passimo card, you can do it at any of the ticket machines. Just put it in. There, there'll be an English option and you can put money in there. Um, it, it, it only takes cash. It, these machines don't take credit card, just so you know. Again, remember what I said about cash? Cash is king. <laughs> Um, And then for the trains and stuff, most of the announcements and signage is going to be in English, especially in Tokyo, um, because there's a a lot of um, overseas visitors. So there's a lot of English. So don't worry. You'll be able to read pretty much everything. It's really a non-issue. And again, if you do get lost, you can ask someone, even a local. They'll be more than happy to help you. Food. Let's talk about food. (laughs) I wish Trish was here. We could talk about food for like the next hour. Um, if you want to know where locals eat, use the website called Tabelog, T-A-B-E-L-O-G. Um, they do have an English version as well, and they do have a iOS and Android version. So this helps you find restaurants in certain areas to eat. You can base it off of different um, criteria, like type of cuisine or rating, all this stuff. So if you're not sure where to eat, just pull that up and you can find someplace. Trust me, I, I use it all the time to find new places to eat because uh, there's just so many places to eat, really. Um, so this is how I find a, a lot of a lot of places. So use that. Um, if you have allergies, um, it's good to get some downloadable cards um, in Japanese just so there's no confusion whatsoever. Um, there, I do have a link in the in the article with these. Um, very useful cards that you can download for different allergies. So make sure you do that. Um, if you need vegan options or vegetarian, there's a website called Happy Cow. So it'll list different restaurants that serve vegan and or vegetarian dishes. So make sure you use that if you if you need that type of cuisine. Um, izakayas are Japanese pubs, and these are excellent for a wide range of food and drinks and most of these do offer all you can drink options for um it varies on times it could be in 90 minutes it could be two hours it could be three hours it's usually pretty cheap um so if you're looking for a cheap place to eat and a cheap place to drink izakas are usually a really good option um a lot of restaurants will have plastic food displays outside so you can see what they actually serve which is fantastic most people are visual, so being able to see what the food looks like and what they have without having to read a menu is excellent. So go and do that. Um, if you want to go to a grocery store, you can do so. Um, they're usually called SUPA, which sounds like super, um, but it's a shortened form of supermarket. So in Japanese, they call it SUPA. And grocery stores... Um, are usually in the basements of department stores in the bigger, like the more um, shopping district areas. Um, and so a lot of these places you'll find, um, of course, you'll find all, all the different um, groceries. Um, there probably won't be a lot of English, so you'll, you'll have to know exactly what you're looking for um, or ask someone, really. A really good tip for grocery stores is usually mid-afternoon and before closing, uh, most of the stores will discount a lot of their ready-made food. So they'll have like bento boxes, which are the prepared lunches and like fresh-made food. They'll discount them because 
they don't want to throw it out. So they heavily discount it, sometimes up to like 50-60% off. So you can save some pretty good money if you can get in on those deals. Um, Western chains like Starbucks, McDonald's, KFC, they're everywhere. Don't feel bad if you want to go there. I'm not going to judge. Trust me. You should at least try them when you're here because they do all have different dishes that you're not going to find back home. So do it. No judgment here whatsoever. Trust me. Um, Etiquette. Uh, This is something I'm sure a lot of people know already. uh, Japanese society is very... There's there's ways to do things and there's things you should do, you know, you shouldn't do. And of course, you know, you you want to be in your best behavior if you can when you come. Um, but of course, seeing as, you know, if you're a visitor, Japanese aren't aren't going to expect you to know everything. So, you know, there there is there is some slack given to uh, to to visitors to the country. Long story short. Use your common sense and always be respectful. If you if you just follow that, you'll be totally fine. You don't need to worry. But there 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 are a few things um, on the trains. Don't talk very don't talk loudly on the trains. Um, if you do have to talk, you know you can talk to the person beside you and just you know just like keep your voice to an, a normal level. And don't talk on the phone. Whatever you do, that is very very rude to talk on your phone. You can you know text on your phone. That's totally fine. But don't talk on the phone. Incredibly rude. Um, don't walk while eating or drinking, which I, I know is very counterintuitive to the theme parks like Tokyo Disney Resort, where you walk and eat all the time. But normally outside of the parks, you don't do that. Most people don't. Um, when people eat, they'll stand outside from where the, like stand outside the establishment that they bought it from. So like that's why there's a lot of garbage cans in front of convenience stores. People buy the food, go outside, and they eat it. Then they throw the garbage away, and then they walk out or walk away. And very simple. Um, but walking with a drink like Starbucks is generally okay. That's totally fine. A lot of people do it. Um, just don't be walking, you know, eating a hot dog or a turkey leg or something in the streets. Just if you buy something, wherever you bought it, just consume it there and then be on your way. Um when meeting somebody, a simple bow is much preferred over shaking hands or hugging or any physical contact of any kind, really. Uh, physical contact is usually only between good friends and family. So just a simple a simple bow, just a, like a little nod of the head is totally, perfectly acceptable. Um, this one kind of surprised me when I first moved to Japan was blowing your nose in public is considered rude. Now, like I normally wouldn't do that even back home in Canada, because, you know, I kind of think it's gross, but that's not something I would think of being rude. Because, you know, like if you're, if you're sniffling for um, like in, in Canada, and I'm pretty sure it's the same in the U.S. or like most Western countries, I'm sure. um, Like sniffling is very, people don't like that. It's very, I don't know, annoying for, for me. I think it's really annoying, but anyway, um, but in Japan, blowing your nose in public is considered rude. So, Everyone will sniffle instead, which is perfectly acceptable. Sniffling is much more acceptable over blowing your nose in public. <laughs> it's one of those things that drives me nuts, but hey, that's just how it is. Um, if you do need to blow your nose, do it in private, like go to the toilet or something like that. 
Um, of course, like wiping your nose is fine. Like if your nose is really running, just wipe with a tissue. Just don't blow. That's all. Um, for shoes, always take off your shoes at the entrance of a private home. So if you notice when you go into a, if you go into an apartment or a private home of some sort, you're going to see that the floor is raised up to go inside. You never wear your sh- your outdoor shoes inside. So there's going to be like a little like vestibule kind of spot. And this is where you take your shoes off and your outdoor shoes stay there. And you'll usually have slippers of some sort to wear. Never, ever walk in the house with your shoes on. Is That is very, very rude. So don't do that. Language. This is another thing that um, a lot of people get concerned about. And that's totally fine. You're traveling to a country where the first language is not English. So, of course, naturally, you're going to be you know curious as to what you should know. Um, you can get by coming to Japan without knowing any Japanese whatsoever. You can totally do that, especially if you stick to uh, the bigger cities in the tourist areas. You'll be totally fine. It's okay. But, of course, knowing a few key phrases does go a long way, and locals do appreciate it. And, of course, this isn't just unique to Japan. It's any any place where the first language is not English, it's usually a good idea to know some phrases. So really quickly, without going to a full language lesson, a simple thank you, which is arigato in Japanese, or excuse me is sumimasen. If you just knows, if you know those two, that, that'll, that'll get you a long way. It really will. Um, you can get a simple phrase book. I have a link in the, uh, in the article that shows simple phrases. If you want to get more complicated phrases, you know, without having to learn them, you can just point to it and that's totally fine too. Uh, The Google translate app is actually pretty decent. It's not perfect. No translating app is perfect, but uh, the Google translate one does have a live translate feature. So you can use that for text, which works pretty good. Um, It's good for menus and signs. Um, a lot of the major tourist areas will have English-speaking staff available. So um, if you need something, the, there should be someone available there to help you out. Um, if you want to get used to hearing natural Japanese, uh, you know, just to kind of get yourself ready for a trip or just to hear how it sounds, um, I recommend watching the show Terrace House on Netflix. It's on, I, I believe it's on every Netflix around the world. And it's a, a show based, it, it, it's, a, it's a Japanese reality show. And everyone that talks in it talks natural Japanese. So it's what everyday people will, how everyday people will typically sound. So if you want to do that, hey, it's, yeah, why not? Uh, like watching like anime or, you know, movies like that, it's, that's usually not natural language. It's kind of, you know, exaggerated in a way, so. Anyway, I digress. So that's very condensed practical tips for Japan. Of course, I skipped a whole bunch of them um, in the article, but you can find it right on the website, tdrexplorer.com slash practical dash tips dash Japan. It's right on the front page. I have it all there. There's over 50 tips and it'll get you well prepared for Japan. But of course, Enjoy yourself. Don't stress too much. Um, read through it, and you'll be totally fine. Japan is, if you listen to the podcast for any amount of time, you know, 
Japan is a wonderful country and everything like that. So not nothing to worry about, but always being prepared is always a really good idea. All right, explorers. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, we will be back next week. Both Trish and I will be back next week where we will talk about Tokyo Disney Sky. It's going to be a fun episode. So make sure you tune in next week. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you get the latest episode. Um, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever. Make sure you subscribe. And also rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. That really does help us out. If you have any questions or suggestions for the show, you can send them to us. Contact at tdrexplore.com. And you can find everything that I talked about in this podcast on our website, tdrexplore.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at tdrexplore and also on Facebook, facebook.com slash tdrexplore. All right, explorers, keep exploring and we'll talk to you next week. 